Welcome to the Winchester Wellbeing Podcast. This is our first episode. We are really looking forward to seeing where this goes and how we can create a community. This episode is about adapting to change. We hope that it allows you to think and become a little bit more self-aware. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Use the Twitter handle PG Wellbeing. It's morning for me. Uh, it's Laura here, and I'm joined by Victoria. Hello, good morning. And this is the first of us, what we hope is going to be a series of well-being uh, newsletters that we're going to put out over the course of your SE2. So the purpose of those is, first of all, we want to keep in touch with you. We know that we like you having on campus and that, that contact we have with you. And we know that when you're in school, you can sometimes just feel a little bit removed from us and a little bit removed from the other people on the course. So we thought this was a really good way to be able to uh, remind you of some of the things that we talk about when we're here with you. Um, We thought this would be great to remind you about the things that you can do to stay mentally well. So there'll be things that you can read and things that you can watch and things that you can listen to. Um, I've talked Victoria out of of some of her favourite Italian folk songs, but uh, they may come in later. They may come in later. They may come in later. I can see that there's a place for them. Yeah, we want this to be serious, but also a little bit of fun as well. Because because that helps make make us well, we think. Um, But also, I think it's important that we do this because it has to be okay that you're going to find things on your school experience hard. Absolutely. Um, because if you're not finding them hard, if you're not being challenged, you're probably not making the progress we need. You're not learning what we need for you to be really successful and ready to take your class. Um, and if you're open to finding things hard and you're open to trying things, you're also going to be open to mucking things up a bit mm-hmm. and, and dealing with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that will happen. There is no way over what a 12 week placement everything is just going to lie through perfectly or if it does I feel really you know uh, unworthy because it's never I've never had a 12 week period where everything's gone perfectly for me so we're going to try and give you some sensible advice but also we're going to try and do this in a light-hearted way and what Victoria and I will do is we'll chat through some things and share with you some of the strategies that we use not in terms of of advice but really just in terms of and kind of opening up about um, stuff that we found hard and how we've dealt with those situations too. Yeah, and it's ultimately about you becoming more self-aware and potentially over the next 12 weeks, understanding who you are a little bit more, not just in as in your teacher identity, but who you are as a person and who you want to be and developing almost that mission statement. Why do we get up in the mornings? Wow. What do we want to do? That's a big that's a big thing to, to work with. And actually, it's quite tough doing that in school. Mm. But I, th- I think I think it's under those points of pressure that that's when you find out about what you think is most important, what it is that gets you up out of bed, what it is you really want to be doing. Mm. And, and in, in our context, what you want the class to be like and what you want those relationships to be about. Because you find out really fast what works. What works for you, what works for them. Um, but you've got to put yourself there to, to test what's working. Absolutely. And sometimes, although it worked yesterday, it might not work today. <laughs> I mean, in, in all my years, I've never met a child who's actually read the developmental handbooks. 
So, oh. so we've read the theories and they haven't. So they'll, you know, they're, they're often, well, they're like people, aren't they? Quite unpredictable, really, in their responses. People, people, people. People, people, people. Running around. So um, today what we're going to think about and focus on most is about, is about adapting to change and how we do that and what change uh, makes us feel and how we can respond and, uh, and some of the implications uh, around that because you've all transitioned from one school uh, and even though you might be in the same school, you're with a different tutor, um, maybe a different key stage, certainly with a different class. So there's plenty of adaptations needed there. So Victoria, you've, you've been looking into some of the things that happen when we have to adapt to change, haven't you? Yeah, so there are a few YouTube videos, TED Talks that I've been looking at and some books. And I, it's not necessarily that I think that you should go away and listen to all of these and watch them and read them. But hopefully through this podcast, we might be giving you some questions and you might want to, to pause it sometimes and just think, oh, actually, what is it that I do to adapt to change? What are the, the strategies that I have in place to cope with change? And then through this podcast, hopefully, and, and talking and listening to, to me and Laura, that you can maybe relate to some of these things as well. And that's why we want to kind of build this community and you can share with, with your other colleagues. So firstly, then, I guess that question is, what strategies do you have in place to cope with change? Because some change we can control, but sometimes, we can't control some some of the changes and they're unplanned but what we can control is our response yeah and that's what's really really important and so an example from from me is that i don't know if you, if some of you know this but i was uh, i took a year out and so last march i was in the patagonian mountains uh, doing some trekking that was a planned change. My husband and I wanted to take that, that time out and we wanted to travel the world and explore new cultures. The, the change that was unplanned was that we had to leave Patagonia after a couple of weeks and then move back in with our parents. That was not a planned change. And so the first stage for me was that yeah, on the plane home, I was in denial. I was crying and watching Moana. <laughs> Which, no, I mean, <laughs> but then, and then when I got home, it was like, right, okay, what is it that I'm going to adapt to Jane? How am I going to adapt to this change? And there was a lot of things that I didn't do very well. And a lot of, I was trying to uh, find myself within the group dynamics of, of living with my husband's parents and also his brother and, and his girlfriend as well. And the, yeah, there were all sorts of things going on there. But but I found strength in books, in podcasts, in, in courses, whereas other people within the household found strength in, in drinking and, and, and staying up very late. And, um, and so then thinking about that journey, it wasn't necessarily about comparing myself to others, but actually comparing myself to where I am now within this present day, in this moment, to where I was maybe a year or two years ago. And what are the changes that I've made since then? And quite literally, I did find myself. I know that's really cliche, but that's why I talk about 
it's really important to know who you are, become self-aware, and also, again, have that mission statement. And there's not a day where I don't look at, I have three kind of different mission statements, and I have to remind myself of those and why I get up in the morning. It's really interesting. In the time that I've known you, I know that you you like to find information to understand. That's your um, response, is I'm in this situation, I don't fully see, understand how I fit into it, what's happening, but there are places I can go to for some really good quality information, and I can then interpret that, and then I can apply that to the situation that I'm in. And every time I've talked to you, I, I, I become more aware of, of my responses, and I realise that what I've developed, at, I don't know, at a very young age, is this cheerful persona. So I can just go into any situation and look happy and relaxed. Mm. And the bit that I've had to learn from changing, you know, I went from teaching one school to teaching at, teaching a different school, and in a different school in my career. When I was training, uh, I was in a first school in Birmingham having to teach phonics, and I can't teach phonics in a council estate in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> that was really quite challenging. Um, maybe a different podcast. Maybe a different podcast. I'll do that one with Lisa. Um, so, I, but then I, with, then I had teaching went to the Inspectorate Advisory Service, where in a year I could visit forty schools, and in each of those schools I might be expected to teach a class that I've never met and be observed by the class teacher, senior leadership team, Uncle Tom Cobby and all, every day, different school, different class, different year group, different topic. Wow. And, and what I learned is just to come in and just try and look happy and confident. Um, and the thing that took me longest to learn is to distance myself from that persona so that when I walked in, I wasn't thinking, oh, my days, they can see that I'm a fraud. Mm. You know, the imposter syndrome looms yeah. large in a career like that. Um, and just think, actually, that's my perception of their response. I don't know if they're actually thinking that. Mm. You know, let them judge me by my work and, and, and then we'll move on. But it's at this point, now I don't do that job, that I can see that that's what I was doing, you know, uh, in, in those schools. But that, that was a plan change. I, decide, I decided to change job. I decided to change, move from school to school. I decided to move from school to the advisory, advisory service. I chose to go from the advisory service to here. Mm -hmm. So you then have to kind of embrace the change, really, don't you? You just kind of have to kind of... Well, my response is just to roll with it. Mm. And as my daughter would say, style it out. Style it out, <laughs> Mum. Style it out. What, what's that phrase? Um, fake it till you make fake it. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. 12 years. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm getting out of it. I think you made it. Do you? I'm going to But it. But it is that. So, so, again, it might be an opportunity for you to just pause this and just think, when was there a time yeah. when you were experiencing change? And how did you manage it? Because at the moment, you might be in that state of change and you can't quite remember or think about some of those strategies that you have in place. Or it might be that some of those strategies won't work now because that was a different situation and potentially you need to find new ways and new strategies. And I think, I think what's, what's interesting with, with you know, going from one school to another is there's a certain amount of, of uh, knowledge that we can take from the first school into the second school and it transitions really nicely. And I think that the bits that, that trip us up are the things that we think work that don't work. Uh, and, and that leads us, can leave us a little bit disorientated. Mm -hmm. I, I do remember my second school uh, being cross with my class because they hadn't done what it should have been. So I said, so we're going to go out to play five minutes late because we haven't cleared up. 
well, playtime was 20 minutes later. So we went out to play early. <laughs> so I kind of fell quite flat on my face there as, as a basically assistant head. I don't even know what time playtime was. But they were the things that I took for granted. You, you know, playtime's at half past 10, obviously, has been since I was five. So, and it was little things like that. And then when I worked for Hyatt, it was things like um, uh, milk, coffee, mugs, chairs in the staff room. And you just learn not to take anything for granted. Okay. Because in some schools, you know, you know you'd go in, and in fact, the advice we give is don't sit on the chair unless invited to do so. Because you'd hopefully go, I wouldn't sit in that chair if I were you. But you'd find that that's Agnes's chair. Don't touch that one. <laughs> he just comes stood in the corner. Being being cheerful, yeah. but it's not my staff room. I don't own that space. Mm. So you just had to wait to be invited and, you know, offer to pay for, I'd always offer to pay for tea and coffee and then just say, so if I'm getting a coffee, can I get anybody else one? And just be cheerfully polite and professional mm. all the time. Yeah. Because at least then I know I'm presenting myself in the way I want to be seen. And and that helps to make up for the fact that I've got my class out on the playground <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every bit early. Um, and maybe this other thing is just actually owning some of those mistakes as well. Oh, absolutely. That That's a really important one. But just going back to what you were saying there, I think it's important that we respond proactively and not reactively. And almost that's what you were doing in that situation. Okay, I'm going to ask for some. I want a coffee, who else wants yeah, one? Yeah. Let's be proactive about this. And so what is it that you can do to prepare yourself? Well, you've had these two prep weeks, two mm-hmm. prep weeks, but um, what else can you do to make sure that when you go back into school, that you face these challenges really, really proactively? Mm-hmm. And then after that first week, what can you do to bring that conscious attention to the things that you're doing? So being attentive within class, understanding what it is that's happening. I mean, sometimes I think that's why teachers always have or appear to have eyes in the back of their heads, because we have to be attentive all Mm -hmm. of the time. And present but how do we yeah i don't know maybe that's for a different conversation but. but i think i think that awareness thing is really important because i think um i think one of the things that's tiring about being on se is, is you you have to be present all day mm-hmm. and actually when it's your own class you can dip out for a couple of minutes you know the children are doing something and you can just take a moment to kind of get into your own space and, and then go go back and work with the children but actually when you when you're on se and, and there's people around they actually want to see you fully engaged the whole time. And we get more phone calls about, well, they just left at the end of the lesson and went to the staff room without any kind of transition to me as the teacher tutor. We get more phone calls about that when students want to see than we get about almost anything else. Interesting. And, and it's just because there's, there's, I think there's that lack of attention to what am I doing in this moment? Mm-hmm. And, I, and am I being professional? Am I being proactive? Yeah. So there's one thing saying, I've just taught the lesson. Do you want to talk about it now? or should we catch up later? Or I know you're teaching after play, so is there anything I can do to help you get ready for that? It's a completely different uh, approach and yeah. being mindful of how you're being seen rather than, oh, thank goodness, I'm off for coffee. Yeah, um, and, and it might be that if you bring your attention to that, maybe you do need a 
little bit of a, a breather yeah. in the staff room or in the toilet yeah, yeah. by yourself, calming yourself down. And it might be that you just need to not necessarily say that to the teacher, but just acknowledging that um, I just need to nip, nip to the loo, I'm going to grab a coffee, do you want yeah. one, can we circle back in a, in, in, in a few in a few minutes or, or, or arrange a time, it might be after school or, or something. Um, but yeah, just really identifying, like, it, did you need that time then to yeah. just remove yourself from that situation so you can reflect on, on what it is that you've either observed or you were being observed yourself? Because that would then allow you to be proactive, because what you're saying exactly. to teach the teacher is, I just need a minute, I'll be back in a couple of minutes yeah. rather than just disappearing, yeah. because they don't, they don't know then how to interpret yeah. that, that absence. And really owning it. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and that's, the, that's the bit that's about self-awareness, isn't it? And that's Absolutely. the bit about attentiveness. And I think then you get a more genuine sense of that relationship rather than kind of trying to guess what the other person's thinking. Yeah. You know, you, you, you get to know them and you get to say, oh, I know what you're thinking because we're, we're here having that conversation. Mm. And, and I, you, I, mean, I, I can't even think about how many students I had when I was a teacher. Um, and, and, and you had to play each one of those relationships differently as well. So some would have loved to arrive at half to seven in the morning, which I'm, well, I'm not, but you know, you're very welcome. And some would, you know, would want to arrive at quarter to nine and would have to manage that. Yeah. And some would love to chat and some would not love to chat. And mm -hmm. some, um, I think the trickiest thing when I had to teach a cheater are those that um, wouldn't engage with me. They just would, would kind of um, saw the whole thing as a kind of a threat. Mm -hmm. And they saw feedback as a threat and they saw any kind of interaction as a threat because they might not be perfect. Oh, absolutely. So, so and then my, I thought my role was, okay, we, I have to help you adapt to working in my class. Uh, you don't have to adapt to doing it my way because you've got to do it, find your way. Yeah. But, you know, so, so what we've also got going in the school is, is a teacher who's trying to manage their relationship with a student. Yeah. Whilst trying to manage their relationship with 30 children who are actually transitioning to being with you, mm -hmm. to being with the, your student, and you haven't seen them for six months. Yeah. So it's a really complicated set of dynamics, and I think it's it's. But I think when we get tired as well, it's really easy. I think just to be quite almost reactive and responsive mm. to a little glance or something. An, uh, an eye roll. An oh eye my roll. goodness! Or a, a raised <laughs> eyebrow. Or or I just think sometimes I have an unfortunate resting face and really really <laughs> into it. But if it's if, if you're if you're not aware of the whole context. Absolutely then, you know, I, I might have students say, oh my goodness, she was furious with me. I don't think I've been furious in the 12 years I've worked here, so I, I don't quite get that. But they obviously caught me in an unfortunate moment when I wasn't looking happy. And then, of course, they're nervous, and I'm confused, and they get more anxious, and I'm really confused. And, and, and next thing I know, they're kind of crying in my doorway. And all that happened is I turned around, and, and I wasn't smiling. And then they're just crumbling in the doorway. But... You know, those kind of little trigger things happen so fast. Yeah. And then, of course, there's a lot of time to kind of build that relationship back to find out what they wanted to know is whether or not it was possible to use some apparatus on SE. You know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a thing that wasn't a thing, but because they came to that with some perception of what I'd be like and I wasn't the person, yeah. I don't know what they thought. It just really quickly. A few things are coming up for me while, while you were saying all of that. Um, firstly, if we go back to that TED talk, and I'll, and I'll add some notes. Um, so it's by Jennifer Jones. It's a TEDx talk, and it's called How Adaptability Will Help You Deal With Change. And she talks about the threat response, and that is a negative 
uh, response to your adaptability to change. And that's what it kind of sounds like there. So what are the threats? Mm -hmm. But if we don't know what those threats are, so is it a look, is it somebody crossing their arms, is it somebody putting their hands in their pockets, whatever it is, then we don't then necessarily know what's happening in our bodies, our thoughts, and our behaviors. So one thing for me is that I, I know when a trigger is happening for me, Sometimes I'm on the brink of, yeah, this is really good, and my adrenaline is up there, so I know that I can uh, perform as such. But sometimes they're the same triggers. So I, I sweat quite a lot, um, and I talk even faster than I already talk anyway. Um, and so they're, they're the two big things for me. So then I need to then think, okay, they're my triggers, and that's my response in my physiological kind of way. So then what do I need to do to ensure that I'm not seeing these triggers that my body is noticing as threats? And it might be that, okay, I just need to check myself at the mm -hmm. moment. I'm gonna take a few deep breaths. I need to be inquisitive. And this is what uh, Jennifer Jones talks about uh, being adaptable. So the three areas that you can um, be more adaptable to change is your inquisitiveness, your resilience, and I can't remember the other one. Oh, and having a purpose. Right. And so if I'm being inquisitive about this situation, okay, um, let's just have a think that what's just happened here. What's happened for that person? How am I perceiving what's happening? And do I need to actually check myself? Take a few breaths, take a few moments. You know what? I can see this person. Um, isn't in, a, in the in the place to have a conversation at the moment, I'm going to do something else. Mm -hmm. And then I'm gonna come back when I know that you're potentially ready. Or actually, I'm just gonna going to ask you, would it be okay to catch up for two minutes after school? Because I, I just have a few questions. Yeah. So you know that I have a few questions and I have now not been like, oh, can I, can I use the apparatus? And, and where is it? And all of this yeah, other yeah. stuff that sometimes comes out quite abruptly because we don't know how to necessarily have those conversations but then i've also thought about explaining and being proactive at that same time yeah the other thing that was coming up for me was the armor yeah yeah and that we put a lot of armor on and maybe it's because we're teachers and we're always feeling that we are being judged i mean because necessarily we want to get better we want to strive to to be the best that we can be but ultimately that's with the resources that we have and so what is it what kind of armor are we wearing and what armor can we make sure that we're bringing down a little bit i can see no. laura smiling at the no. moment and you can't <laughs> and you know you that this is that. a brenny brenny brown all over this if you're not familiar i i do talk a lot about brenny brown i love her so much <laughs> but I, so i mean we've been talking about armor because we we're talking about the kind of the kind of things that we we put up to kind of protect ourselves yeah. from criticism and, and those kind of things. But I think as teachers, for me, the teachers, and we've talked about this before, is a performance art. Yeah. So I have a character. You know, I don't talk to my kids like this because they would just laugh in my face. You know, we have a, we have a character in our workplace, yeah. and the way I talk to my students here are different to the way I talk to my year threes, and different to the way I talk to the reception children that I've worked with, because otherwise that would be quite weird. So, so I think there's a there's a difference there between our kind of professional facade mm. and our armour. So maybe oh, yeah. maybe oh, that yeah. gets a bit blurred. Um, 
So that, that's why I was laughing, because I was thinking, because uh, yeah, what we'll often say to the students when they're trying to um, develop their presence mm. is, uh, initially you are fake, but you are faking it till you make it, you know, because you're going to school and, you know, at home I'm guessing, you know, Sam doesn't call you Mrs. Doe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to go there. I don't know you do the weekends entirely up to you. But in my house, people don't tend to, I, I try to get the kids to call me doctor, but that, that doesn't really last. Um, so, but if I go into school, I have a character name. I have different clothes that I don't mind smelling slightly of that disinfectant stuff they use. <laughs> really? It's got to smell. Um, or I don't mind getting glue on. Yeah. I stand differently. Yeah. I talk differently to the way that I would do certainly at home, and it's slightly different to the way it would be in the, in the, in the staff room. Mm. So, so, and sometimes we have to, we start with that character, and then we kind of the confidence kind of comes in behind it. Yeah. And that's hard if we're now also saying you need to make yourself just a little bit vulnerable mm. and, and open up to yourself and yeah. how you're feeling in these situations and, yeah. and being aware of when. Honestly, it's not them, it's just the headspace you're in at the moment means yeah. that you're percept- perceiving a situation in a particular way. Absolutely. And that's quite complicated. Oh my goodness, this is really complicated. Yeah. And, and so, yes, how are we going to embrace change? But also, how can we be more compassionate with ourselves? Yeah. How can we bring compassion to our everyday lives? I think, I mean, I've been here for, I've been here for a long time. And, and the great thing about our students is they have such high expectations of themselves. Mm-hmm. Too high, too soon would be my, you know, maternal view, having been here for a long time. Yeah. You know, we want them to, to grow all the time. But actually, sometimes the, the, the expectations of where, what we can do at the moment are unrealistic. So, um, so sometimes I think we can be kind to ourselves by, by just acknowledging the, the the small steps in progress Absolutely. you know the fact that Benji got out wasn't under the table today I'm going to take that as a small win he didn't pick up a pencil but you know that comes <laughs> tomorrow he wasn't under the table you know the, those kind of things are, li- are little wins you know um, Sarah spoke make eye, make up made eye contact with me for the first time today you know that 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 isn't going to make a 15% change in your assignment that's not going to be a you know, suddenly a completely different lesson observation. But without those things, none of the other things that happen. So sometimes I think, when, when I'm having um, times I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm, I've lost the plot, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not moving in the right direction. That, that's what I do, is I look, I look for something, a little thing yeah. that went better today than yesterday. That's really good, yeah, yeah. And um, I think, with the self-compassion, I go back to what it is that I need. So I know, and you know, that I need a lot of sleep and I need to prioritize Mm. that for me because I know that if I have put that in place, then I'm going to be a better person because I'm not going to be reactive because I'm going to be proactive because I know that I'm in a better headspace. But I also know, like what I was telling you this morning, that I do have an overactive, chatty brain. And a lot of times, I, even if I'm in bed for a long period of time, I'm still not asleep. And so I need to make sure that I've put in lots of things to ensure that I can get a good night's sleep as well. And one of those things is, is being active. And if I'm, if I'm not active, then I know that that's going to affect my sleep. And then I know that that's going to affect my performance and everything else. 
But because I know that and I'm more self-compassionate, I'm not going to beat myself up about, okay, today wasn't a good day. And I just need to reflect. And this is what we need to do as teachers all of the time is reflect on what it is that we want, uh, not necessarily to change within our practice, but also just to think about how we actually are within the classroom. It's that, well. that response, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I mean, what don't sweat the small stuff, yeah. you know, but I think, I mean, I've had a, the conversation I've had, I don't know how many times since I've been here, is when students say, actually, it went really badly, I thought I could do better, I thought I'd be this, I yeah. thought I'd be that. And I would say, and without exception, those are the students that if they had a child in their class, would be the kindest, most compassionate, most generous teacher to, to a pupil mm -hmm. to say, but look what you managed to do today. So, so I think often we're kinder to our pupils than we are to ourselves, but, we, but I know they have the strategies because I've seen them with the children. Um, the other thing I was thinking of is, is um, when you start being able to check yourself and being aware of, of your responses. Uh, I mean, I've certainly been in situations with students where, uh, and, and with colleagues here, where every now and then I've had to go back to them and go, I'm really sorry, I, I played that wrong. It was the wrong, I asked you the wrong thing at the wrong time, I should have read that, that better. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm, that's, it's on me, I made that mistake. Can you just let me know if either you want to do this thing still, and if you do, when there's a better time? Yeah. But but we're going to leave that with you, so you've got time to think about that, you know. And you know, I'll say it's a genuine question. <laughs> no, it's okay. And I think that that is a really kind of mature, professional response as well to be able to kind of own those little things. Because sometimes we just sometimes we just over eager. Bit of a fault of mine, bouncing literally bouncing around the building. Does it's not always everybody's favourite thing. And sometimes, you know, so I think yeah. those kind of things help as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we're coming up to like nearly the 30 minute bar. Yeah. So perhaps it'd be a good time for us to maybe end this. Right. <laughs>